And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? Zach here. Hope you're having a great day. And... Oh man, and we are so pumped for some of the weather that has just come our way in the last week or so. So we're in San Diego, as you may know, and uh, if you don't know, I actually I didn't know how what San Diego weather was like until I moved here, um, or until I visited here, I should say. And uh, so I always thought California was hot. Like that's what I thought. Being from Chicago, I just thought California was hot. So I was kind of avoided it because I'm you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more like a, I'm used to the cold weather type of thing. So if it gets above 75 degrees, I'm like sweating bullets. Um, but I can go really low in temperature and be, and be comfortable. Um, so the way it is in San Diego, if is you have microclimates. So the closer you get to the beach, the more temperate it is, meaning the less it fluctuates. Um, so if you're right at the water, it really never goes below like 60 to 65 degrees, like 60 degrees in the winter, maybe, maybe a little touch lower, high fifties. Um, but it's, you know, in the, you know, summer, fall, spring, it's like, it doesn't really go below 65, 68, never really gets above like 75. It's like this perfect Goldilocks zone, which is why it's so expensive by the water in Southern California. Um, and San Diego is like, from what I have experienced, it's the most Goldilocks, not necessarily San Diego, the city, but like North County, San Diego, because, um, so it's pretty interesting. And then as you get further and further away from the water, we call it inland, um, it gets hotter and more fluctuations because it's more desert-like. So it'll get colder in the, uh, evening, um, and hotter in the day. Well, so we've lived right on the water. We've lived close to the coast, coast, like let's say, you know, four miles off the coast, um, cause there's some benefits to that. Um, and, and then now we live, um, we live about, well, what, what is it? I think it's 14 miles from the coast. Um, and so we live kind of where it starts to, you start to get some of that, uh, that fluctuation. Um, so we're by no means like desert or anything like that. Um, but we start to get some of that fluctuation. But we have, you know, we've got land, we've got, you know, acres of land, all these things um, and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. So we're about a 25 minute drive to the water, um, but we kind of live on the very edge. So like we live, you know, like in 10 minutes, I can be in a very, very dense urban area. But as I said now, you know, everyone around here has properties that are, you know, 
five to 50 acres. So the, uh, the weather though, even out here, it never really gets below like 60 to 65 at night. Um, and then during the day for the most of the year, it's like never above 80 for the most part. And then during the the warm months of the summer, it might get to like 82, 83, 84. Um, Well, we have this two-week period where it's just hot, freaking hot. It's hot everywhere. It's hot at the water. It's hot where we are at. It's hot everywhere. And, you know, like in our house, it was very consistently in the mid to high 90s. And then even at the water, it was 90 and above. So it was just freaking hot everywhere. And... You know, I know if some of you like, <laughs> if you're like in Florida, you're like, I'm going to kill you, Zach. You're just being a baby or in Texas or something. Um, but for us, that's like blazing freaking hot. And it's like two weeks long and uh, we just got out of it. So literally it's been like two weeks and then uh, we had a, like a two day rain. And then like right now uh, it's, you know, I'm literally doing this podcast. I'm walking on my patio uh, and you know, I'm wearing a hoodie and shorts and I'm super comfortable and it's just like, oh yes, you know, it's back. San Diego weather's back. And then it kind of stays this way pretty much the rest of the year. It gets a little bit cooler, of course, in the winter, it gets warmer in the summer, so on, but um, but it's very temperate and so super cool. So we're super blessed in that way. Um, we believe God called us to San Diego to uh, build the church here, to be a light on a hill here, even in the midst of stupidity. Um, and uh, and man, we're grateful that we that he picked here because he could have sent us somewhere somewhere else entirely. So um, I wanted to just spend a few minutes with you. I mean, I guess talking about the weather for forever. But I'd love to spend a few minutes with you just talking about the mentality that you need to have to really win in life and in business. Um, And I know this might sound a little bit boring at first based on that title, but I'm seeing this happen, not necessarily more and more, but I see it happen and it just just hurts my heart. It Honestly, it can make me angry. And... It's no surprise why some people don't win. It's just no surprise at all. And this is really what it comes down to. It's believing that someone else owes you something. That's what it comes down to. If you think that someone else owes you something, you're in huge freaking trouble. Um, so there's people out there. And I, I, I had an experience just you know really recently, which is why this is like ultra fresh on my mind. And... And, you know, we'll have people like, obviously, when you do lots of business, you get people that, you know, they want to quit, they want to, they want to have refunds and all these different things. And, and it just, it blows my mind, the vernacular that some of these people use. Uh, It just absolutely just blows my mind. Like, everything is not their problem. And there's all these reasons why they can't win, why they can't do the work, why, you know, they've been ripped off, why they have been, you know, uh, misled, uh, all these different things. And I've noticed this for years and years and years and years and years. And obviously, you know, not just in our business, in fact, in our business, we have, you know, in this kind of industry of like, let's say, you know, the consulting industry where you're teaching people how to do something, you know, uh, refund rates can be very high. They can be, you know, 15%, 20%, 30%. Um, I'm really proud to say our refund rates are less than 1% because, you know, we stand behind our stuff. Like I show up every single week for all of our clientele uh, on a Zoom call, depending on which bucket they fall into. I show up once a week for each bucket of customers. Um, you know, we have probably, I would consider the most robust support team for our size that someone would build. You know, we have membership 
billing people, we've got technical support people, we've got, you know, uh, marketing, uh, marketing people that literally the the full time jobs is to help our clients. And then obviously, I show up every week. So with all that said, and our stuff works, so you, you put all this together. And, you know, we just have very, very low requests to for refunds. But when we get them, it's never by people that are like, hey, you know, hey, Zach, you know, you know, I, I've done the work. I've done these things that you've told me to do. And listen, man, this just isn't working, right? It's never that. It's always like, oh, man, like, you know, I've been, I've been deceived, you know, like, like that kind of vernacular or, you know, this, this, and this happens, happened in my life. And, you know, um, basically like this wasn't even the right purchase for me. I was never, I never should have made the purchase. And so, um, this happened or, and now I need a refund because, um, blah, X, Y, Z excuse. And it just makes me really sad for them but also just kind of like for the, like, where did they learn that? And I know that a lot of it's a lot of like our, our media, our education system that we're brought up in. I know a lot of that stuff really teaches people how to be entitled. And, and you know, I don't want to spend any necessarily too much time like on the specifics of some of these individuals because I don't want to focus there. I want to talk focus on the mentality aspect of it. But... You know, so some of those people, in fairness, they probably should have been identified and not actually sold to, um, but they weren't for whatever reason. But the main thing that I wonder about is like, where did they learn that? And secondly, if they don't figure it out, like they're screwed. They're screwed forever. You know, one of the the, the thing that kind of sparked this in me, he's an older guy. You know, he's middle aged, late middle aged, so not necessarily old by some standards, but old by others, you know, like he's in his late middle ages. Um, and he's probably got like 15 years at best to figure his financial life out maximum. Uh, after that, he's going to probably lose the vast majority of his ability to work. And that's it. And, and the dude still is blaming others. He's still making excuses. And I imagine if you're listening to this, you're not the person that makes excuses, but just in case that's still a piece of you you might win in the short term on certain things like maybe you'll get a handout from something or someone or some business or some government entity you may get a handout short term but you'll never win long term you'll never ever achieve anything that matters you know you might get you know a couple thousand dollars here or there you might get a couple grand a month from some sort of you know handout entity but you will never ever win and win big and win long term ever. And so when I think about this dude, I'm like, oh my gosh, like he's, he's screwed. He's utterly and completely screwed because this is a, this is a pattern in this person's mentality. And that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's what's the pattern in your mentality. Do you believe that someone owes you something or do you believe that it rests on you? And really, the way that our kind of class system works, in the United States at least, is you're either poor, middle class, or rich, right? And if you're poor, you can qualify for a lot of government handouts and stuff. 
and you actually can't succeed too much, otherwise those handouts, those handouts get taken away. If you're middle class, that's where you, you know, have kind of some level of responsibility taking. And so you don't get the handouts, but you don't ever really succeed because you have this kind of like middle ground level of entitlement. And then, then of course, there's, you know, lots of people that have decided to no longer have that entitlement mentality, but they're still in the middle class, but they're trying to work out of it. And then there's, of course, like the, the, the truly wealthy, right? And then there's different sections of the middle class, but there's the truly wealthy out there. And really, the place that sucks the most is the middle class. Because you know, obviously it doesn't suck to be in the super wealthy. It sucks to be in the super poor. But if you're just full-blown entitled and you are you just go get government handouts, like at least you're not trying. And by the way, I'm not condoning the I'm not condoning that in any way. I do think there are people out there that genuinely need assistance. Um, and I think there's a ton of people, way more than the majority, that take advantage of those systems. Um, but the middle class really is where you get squeezed out the hardest. And that's because you don't get those handouts. You don't get qualified for any of those things. Nor do I think you should take them if you're an able-bodied, able-minded person in America. I think taking a handout for any longer than the absolute minimum length of time that you should take it is an absolute travesty to the American way. Um, so that means that most people listening to this are probably in the middle class somewhere. And that's the hardest place to be. And the easiest place to be, we all know, is is the is the super wealthy. And again, there's problems that you get when you start making money. But it's easier than always having issues with money. And the only way that you can even hope to get there is by taking full-blown, just massive amounts of responsibility. Everything in your life ultimately comes down to you and the decisions that you've made. The book that I really like that talks about this is, is by Grant Cardone. It's called The 10X Rule. And, you know, I would say in, in many ways I like what Grant talks about. Um, obviously, with every single person, you're going to disagree with some things that they say. But overall, he talks about taking massive amounts of responsibility in that book. And I really, really like that. There was a time, it's about five or six years ago, I think, um, Ashley and I made a decision to invest $15,000 in a, um, it's basically a, a, a consulting program. Um, and I, I won't mention the name, but if I literally gave you the, the guy's initials, you would instantly know who it is. Um, and it was a, it was basically, it was an online course and then it was a four day, uh, event, um, and then it was a, a year long of coaching with him and his team. Okay. A group, group coaching. And so that's what the product was. And so, you know, we signed up and, and we had the money, but it was a lot of money for us at the time, you know, and, and we still won't spend 50 grand, 15 grand, like blindly, you know, like we're going to make sure that it's a proper thing to use our money on. But like that back then it was, it was a much bigger deal. Like we really had to make sure this is the right thing for us. And so we decided to do it. And, um, we're really excited, of course. And, uh, we got the program. I went through it. Um, you know, I actually, I truly went through it. I went to the four day event and with the mentality, I'm going to get everything I can get out of this. And it was really good. You know, um, met some great people, got some good info, uh, all that stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of came time for like the follow up, right? Like the, like the year long of, of group coaching. And, uh, uh, about, uh, I think it was about a month after that four day event, uh, this, this, the, the company 
that the guru owned uh, put on a large event. And so we attended that too. And we went to that large event. And when we were there, the, the pitch on stage was a replacement program for the one we just bought. And it was 18,000 versus 15,000. It was a replacement program. And so, you know, what I was told uh, during the sales process on the phone for the 15K thing that I bought was that we would get uh, grandfathered in to the new one because he, he did tell us that a new one was getting launched out in a month and then we would be able to be essentially grandfathered in. We might have to pay the difference, but we'd, we'd get moved over to it. Well, they came out. Um, we talked to, you know, the manager or whatever, um, and we weren't going to get grandfathered in. Um, and what actually happened is the kind of year long group coaching that we had didn't happen. Like, I think they did like two more of them, but then they put all of their attention on the new program and zero attention on the first program. And so basically it was like truly not delivered, but me and Ashley are like, we just like, don't refund people. Like we just don't do it. Um, we just think it's, it's maybe we have too much sympathy for business owners. I'm not sure, but we just like, do not do it. So like, we're like the the last thing that we're going to do is, is ask for a refund. Um, because at the end of the day we did get the program too. We did have the four day event and you know, of all the group coaching classes that I could have attended, if there was like, I think there's one a week in, in honesty, I probably would have only attended like one a month. So refunding was out of the question. Like we just would not do it. Um, you know, like literally unless someone truly was fraudulent, um, we wouldn't do it. And so we're like, that's out of the question, but we do legit feel taken advantage of. So what do you do? Well, what we decided to do is, you know what? It is what it is. We're going to take full responsibility for the action that we took. Um, and I'm not going to let that investment go to waste. Like that's what I'm going to commit to. I'm going to, I'm not going to let that 15 grand go to waste. Cause if I start whining about it, if I start complaining about it, essentially what I do is I, I reduce my investment to the size of my complaint. And I'm not willing to do that because 15 grand is a lot of freaking money for me. So I'm not going to do that. Instead, what is all of the gold that I did get? And I'm going to focus on that gold and extract value from that. And if I can do that, then my 15 grand was worth it. And you know what? It was. Um, I can literally, tan- I can tangibly point to probably I can, some relationships basically. So I met some people there that eventually led to partnerships and business ideas that, uh, that led to a lot of money. Now, so the first one is that event actually led us to the next event where we kind of like felt screwed over. And at that next event is where we got the idea for MLM Rebels. So that's one. Two, which is pretty good. Two is we met someone there that led to a person who led to a person who led to a person who uh, led to. Oh man, it's it's really. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna venture to guess we've made at least a hundred grand off of meeting that one person. Then our right hand uh, gal who helps me do the coaching for marketing. She's full-time with us and she's like indispensable. We met her through a relationship of a relationship of a relationship from someone that I met at that four-day event. 
And literally, this is one of those people that's like, if you're in our programs, you know who she is. And everyone asks, like, how do I get, how do I get a Lindsay? That's what everyone asks. How do I get a Lindsay? <laughs> obviously, my response is, oh, I, don't, I don't, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> you know, you just got to go <laughs> pray, pray for her. Um, but that's where she came from. She came from downstream from multiple relationships, walking through those doors, but they all started back at that four day event that we paid 15 grand for that I just described. So what it all comes down to is take full responsibility. If you never listen to another podcast of ours, if you never do anything with rebels, you don't do anything. You, you, you quit network marketing altogether. I implore you to take 100% responsibility. Anytime you ever feel like someone did you wrong, stop it. Just stop it. Even if they did, even if they did stop it, take full responsibility for it. You know, Guys, in the when you get in business for years, people are going to take advantage of you. I've had some people in the in the past year, honestly, in the past year, that have been straight up. If I told you the story, you'd be like, "What the heck?" Um, flat out taking advantage of us. Like you can't misconstrue it. This it's just a person that's out of their mind, and they're trying to be a just. They're just just being a horrible, a terrible person. And listen, you're gonna run to those people. And if you get into business and you succeed in business and you stay in business for a while, you're going to run into multiple of them. And it blows my mind that they exist. Here's the lesson. You can't avoid that. But you can choose to not be that. And those people, every single one of them, they're all losers. They, they, they don't succeed long term. And I don't want to be like them. And so I'm going to choose to not be like them. And take full responsibility for every aspect of our life, even if it's, it's, they're screwing me. One person is an ex-employee and literally you, 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 if I told you all the things that we did for them, it would be like, wow, Zach, you guys are, I mean, we've literally been said like that people said like, man, you guys have been saints to this person. And it's true. Um, we were really, 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 really good to them, but they kept taking and taking and taking and taking and taking. And finally it got so bad that we had to fire him and we fired him and they threatened legal action against us and basically, you know, extorted us for, for some money. And at the end of the day, are they completely out of their mind? Yes. 100%. However, I can't let the blame rest with them. I got to take it. I got to take it. I should have noticed it earlier on. I should have, when I did notice it, I should have fired them a lot faster. I should take more proper legal protections. Um, I should have been just a better steward of the resources that I had. And I got to take that responsibility because if I put it on him, now I've relinquished control and that's not good. Right? So anyway, hopefully that makes sense. You guys take full responsibility. Love you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. Talk soon.